Hello and welcome. We are Tools in the Shed, powered by Cars Guy, ready to rip into car stuff that has caught our eye this week. I'm James, and with me are Mal, who'll be looking uh, and talking about a person who's always looked like a villain and is now alleged to be just that, uh, <laughs> as well as Matt, who's been investigating both ends of the Audi new model spectrum. Definitely. And we'll check in with the zero emissions, except for the rockets, uh, Iron Man in this week's Muskwatch. Yeah. Uh, so stay with us. But first up, Mal, seismic, shocking news early this week. I think it yes. was Monday. Uh, uh, Monday night? Monday yeah. night. We woke up our Tuesday time. morning to, I think it's the biggest shock since Dieselgate. Yeah. Uh, the news that Carlos Ghosn, the head of Nissan, Renault, Mitsubishi, Big brands the internationally yep. uh, had been arrested. Yep. For... So, in, in fact, the head of each of those individual brands and the three of them combined into mm. alliance. So, yep. four roles across the three kind yep. of companies. He was yeah. the grand imperial poobah of and everything. And unlike Dieselgate, the arrest came first. Mm. That was what the first thing we heard. So, yep. this really, really powerful man is behind bars. Yes. So, I'll just... Uh, Forgive me for reading here. I want to get my facts straight. But yep. The allegations are that he underreported his salary by around 5 billion yen, which equates to about $61 million wow. over a five year period from wow. 2010 to 2015. So hold on. That was the underreporting. Yes. Mm. So then there's the chunk that he actually reported yes. as well. Yes. Meaning $61 million not reported over what five on, years. What on earth? Over five years. But what on earth is the base that that's kind of creamed off yeah. the top of? Yeah. yeah. He's earning a lot of money yeah. because he runs four, essentially four companies. So he deserves to earn a lot of money. And I'd but... say he probably deserves it more than a big NBA star. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. All but male. All hate male however, from NBA. Not uh, enough. Deputies <laughs> directed to According male. to these allegations. Yeah. Uh, that he seems to have decided he needed $61 million more. So there was right. that, and also there was other financial shenanigans around uh, fudging of numbers around housing provided to him yeah. and purchase of these houses in Rio and yep. another one in Lebanon, yeah. and on it went. Put yeah. broadly, uh, alleged use of company assets for personal use. Yes. Mm. Uh, and it's it sounds pretty messy. Yeah. It sounds like we'll hear a lot more in the coming days and weeks. And Matt, your name's likely to come up in all of this because you're the only one in this room that's actually spoken with him. You've you've guilty as inter- charged. Yeah, as you right. might say. Ah. Yeah. Between yeah, no, 2010 and 2015? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um I think it was in 15 actually. It all adds up. Um oh. spoke to him at a motor show. He he has that typical industry figurehead character and persona about him uh, and always has, you know. I've seen him present at um motor shows and uh, events previously and he is the typical you know comes across as the typical professional businessman yes Yes. Um, it just seems that you know according to the allegations he might have been doing a lot of business behind closed doors including things like uh, they'd set up a subsidiary company uh, according to Nikkei that uh, has uh, Virgin Islands um, tax, tax haven, haven. <laughs> which was ostensibly for investment in startups. Yeah, just turns out the startups were actually it's Carlos's property. houses. Yeah, properties across the world. Yeah. So. Uh, yes, I, 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 I've seen him myself, and to me, I think he's the most powerful person I've seen. And you just stand there thinking, "Wow, this guy has a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Right. Has made a lot of decisions, a lot of successes." I saw a guy in the gym once that was mighty powerful. Right. He <laughs> okay. When he got under the squat bar, mate. Anyway, 
It'd be great to put him in an arm wrestle with, uh, with Carlos. Carlos, but that might take some time. Carlos yeah. has got extra hands that come out from behind him. But um, <laughs> sadly departed uh, Sergio Marchione uh, yes. this year. Yeah. Very charismatic guy. Yeah. Being in press conferences with him, mm. I've only ever just kind of seen him passing by with Carlos yeah. gone. How about the charisma factor? Was he someone that had the room in the palm of his hand or not so much? Uh, he did take command of the room, but also... Um, Extremely eloquent speaker. Okay. Um, and I think he sort of took a lot of people by surprise in that he didn't come across as perhaps the kind of guy who wants you to like him. Yeah. You know, like a Dieter Zetcher character yeah. from Mercedes-Benz mm. yeah. with the big moustache and the cool cons and all that sort yes. of stuff. He tries to get you to like him. Sure. Where Carlos was, you know... That getting the job done. Wearing a suit. And talking to you. And that's, right. you know, he was telling you what they wanted you to hear. Yes. So, and I guess maybe he wasn't telling everyone what they needed <laughs> to hear, but. He had the time on his hands to achieve this. Yeah. Uh, and what about the implications on this business? You know, there was talk of him setting up a merger between Nissan and Renault, an actual merged company to between cr- those to create two. create Renault. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rissen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but. That's not going to happen now. No. So, uh, well, that that's one of the pieces of scuttlebutt, isn't it? Yeah. That the board had this powder dry. They knew that this stuff was going on, hmm. and they needed a way to get in front of Carlos merging Nissan and Renault, something they didn't want. Look, I don't know. One of our viewers, listeners, should let us know if they're familiar with uh, the workings of a, of a corporate board. Mm. But for whatever reason, they felt as though this was going to be inevitable. The only way to stop it was to get rid of uh, Carlos, and they pulled the trigger um, and blew him up. Yeah, um, That's an interesting uh, kind of sidebar to yeah, the whole thing yeah. as well. And what about the product, Mal? You were, we were speaking about it yesterday in the office about the Renault-Nissan alliance yeah, and this... Mitsubishi joining in. Has it given us anything really this this notion of the so we've got an alliance but you know the notion of the potential merger that was uh set to happen um you know we've we've seen uh cross-pollination between renault and nissan across all of their lineups basically you can feel a bit of nissan in every renault these days and every nissan has a bit of renault in it Mm -hmm. but i would argue that neither brand is making their best product ever no so Surely, with the combined might, we should be sitting back and going, wow, right. that's, that's paid off. And, and So, perhaps this merger, you know, it is arguably a necessary next step. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I suppose it goes to the, uh, what, what is Carlos going, from a business point of view, what's his key driver? Mm-hmm. You know, is he a marketer? Is he a design and engineering car guy? Is he a financial analyst who's looking at the spreadsheets? And, you know, the product outcome a really exciting product lineup comes from someone at the top who's all about, mm. you know, innovative design yeah. and pushing barriers and whatever. He doesn't seem to have been that guy. No. He seems to have been someone who wanted to create efficiencies between yeah. these companies, hence the sharing of platforms and all kinds of ancillary equipment. So it's maybe to be expected um, that nothing spectacular was going to happen. Mm. And we all know was. there's a big difference between what we like and appreciate in a car and what it, what makes a successful business. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes the best cars cost a lot of money to make. Yeah. And that's maybe why there are cars that aren't as good that are made by Alliance Yeah, maybe. Outcomes. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Well, it, uh, true. Like, just a major shock. Before we move on, we should also point out that uh, fellow executive Greg Kelly has been uh, 
allegedly involved in all this as well. So yep. it's, it's not just as, as a kind of enabler. Fun. You know, yeah. he he was seemingly the conduit between all of these goings on and the pots of money. Mm. Well, um, inside the business. I would think, you know, as we've found with previous scandals like Dieselgate, there's has to be a lot of complicit parties mm. for this sort of thing to happen. Yep. And for no one to bring it up and make a scene of it until mm. a certain mm. very strategic point, yes. there's mm. a lot of people who already knew. Well, mm. well I mean, we talked, we touched briefly on the fact that it would send shockwaves through the entire company. And, mm. and in a Japanese company like Nissan, the loss of face would be stupendous oh, yeah. and culturally very difficult to deal with. Mitsubishi as well. Absolutely. Mm. So the board said that it, it was whistleblowers um, that came forward. Now, yeah. whether that was orchestrated or whether it was genuinely a piece of timing where people had had enough and said, we can't see this going on anymore, um, that remains to be seen. But for Nissan, mm. it will just be a hugely shameful episode mm. um, and will kind of deflate, I would have thought, um, people in the business. Yeah, mm. definitely. And especially down to the, you know, down to the assembly line workers. This is the sort of thing where, you know, if you're, if you're not earning yeah. huge bucks and you're working with robots every day. And, um, and like Gohan was a, a pop culture icon yeah. Um, yeah. in Japan. He appeared in manga comics. You know, yeah. he was this amazing larger than life guy yeah. uh, for a yeah. lot of Japanese people. Yeah. I don't want to cause too much alarm, but one of our posters has just started to fall down. And it's not Christine. Oh. Okay. I think we all expect Christine to be the first. Might be the. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. This is Jewel. Do you involve a valiant? Steven Spielberg. (laughs) Trump behind it? Okay. Before we move on, I should say that uh, we've reported that the uh, potential uh, result of all this could be 10 years in jail for Carlos Mm -hmm. and fines of up to 10 million yen or about $123,000. Which is Um, a drop in the ocean to him. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Evident. Well, yes. Allegedly. Supposedly, evidently, allegedly. <laughs> All the above. I've just got a picture of him in the corner cell, you know, orchestrating everything in jail. He'd be the kingpin for sure. Still with multiple he, phones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so as of today, when we're recording, it's Friday morning, uh, he has officially been ousted by Nissan. Yep. Renault seems to be stalling their decision. Uh, Mitsubishi's expected to do the same next week. So okay. he's been arrested, but uh, <coughs> still effectively the head of Renault and Mitsubishi, uh, no longer Nissan. Right. Um, my take. So he's just got a remote desk set up and he's <laughs> working away in his holding cell. He's still got his Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he's currently sitting in a Tokyo detention uh, cell. That's horrible. Which apparently that's isn't horrible. a very nice one. Just mm. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Just amazing. So follow the rules, kiddies. Yep. And speaking of amazing, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Ah. Life's a journey, and for over a century, Winton's been helping Australians enjoy the ride. Behind the wheel of a Winton, you're comfortably in control of the most efficient, enjoyable, and brilliantly engineered car in the world. In fact, from class-leading luxury and performance cars to light trucks, heavy haulers, and agricultural equipment – all supported by our no-haggle, lifetime warranty and industry-leading service, Winton covers all the bases. Winton, Australian with a world of difference. Okay, so since last week, we've had a lot of interest in the Frosty 5000, which of course is... Winton's take on the whole yes. reborn Formula 5000. 
open wheel category. Uh, Frosty, for those watching on YouTube, Frosty sent us a pic of an early prototype, which is really quite an interesting thing. Uh, looks amazing. And um, he was experimenting with drive and wheel setups and all that. So... Like we said, look out for Mark Frosty Winterbottom uh, this weekend in Newcastle, demoing the car, um, and let us know what you think about it once you've seen it on track. should be fantastic. Now, Matt. It's me. Audi. Yes. Uh, you've been experiencing pretty much both ends of the Audi spectrum. Yeah. You've been down at the entry point, mm-hmm. and you've been in, up at the supercar sporty end. Give us a quick thumbnail rundown on, on both of those. Okay, so... If you don't know, the base model Audi <clears throat> is an A1, and it's a very small hatchback. It's based on a Volkswagen Polo, and it's compact and designed to be luxurious. Well, the first one was designed to be luxurious, but with this second one, the second-generation version, after almost 10 years, uh, it's more sporty, more muscular and more masculine than it was Because the first before. one looked like a stormtrooper. You know, when bit. you looked at its face, it was like a Star Wars storm. Especially trip. a white one with black highlights, yes. Why, absolutely. 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Which isn't a bad thing. But oh. this one looks more like a Hyundai Kona. Okay, um, yes. In a way. Ooh, it's yes. It's kind of boxy, and they've got this... Um, Audi's got this whole design strategy at the moment where they're trying to add some edges over the wheel arches, a la the Audi Sport Quattros and RSs of mm. years gone by. Good idea, Audi. Oh, and it looks good. And the, little, so good. the three little vents above yeah. the grill, is that what you were mentioning, yeah. or the guards? I was yeah. talking about the guards, but it's the same with same, the vents. Same Are deal. those vents on all A1s or just yeah. top S-line? All packs? of them. Wow. Yeah. Looks yeah. good. And we haven't seen one without an S-line pack yet, mm. um, and I'm not really sure whether that look will be as convincing without it. <laughs> Pinch to see there's, there's blistered wheel arches and the vents yeah. with 14-inch oh, caps. There won't be 14-inch. In Europe, you'll be, no it, doubt be able to no, get the fift, 15s are the smallest. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. 25 uh, kilowatts. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in Australia, we're looking to get three models, potentially. It's not confirmed yet. We don't know what engines we're going to get because we are running on the old engine cycle as opposed to the new engines that Europe gets because mm. of our rubbish fuel quality. Fuel, and that's not diesel, that's petrol. 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 Yep. And Too much sulphur in it. Exactly, because all these new Audi engines come with a petrol particulate filter to meet Euro 6.2 DC, whatever it is. Um, these ones won't be sold in Australia. Those drivetrains won't be sold in Australia. So not sure what we'll get. Likely that we'll get maybe older versions or amended versions to suit our market. We're lucky they're still making versions to suit. Well, they won't for long. Of, they're not going to put wow. up with it for long. You wouldn't um, be out of Australia arguing and, that battle. Well, and a lot of European makers mm. are having that argument at the moment. Certainly and Volkswagen. There certainly needs to be more BMW. push from the government to try and improve fuel standards because, you know, they need... The sulfur count, not to get too far off topic, the sulfur count needs to be 10 parts per million mm. for petrol particulate filters to work. At the moment, Australian fuel, premium fuel, is up to 150 ah, parts per million. And, I mean, it's not as if we're not paying enough for it. Yeah. God, you know, it's really expensive. You'd expect yeah. it to be top-quality stuff. You'd think. Our but petrol's expensive. Well, Ours? We premium. think it is. Premium fuel is. Oh, well, the, oh sorry. The, relatively speaking, the, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, up to 15 cents a litre, et cetera, yeah. beyond regular. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, we got off topic a little bit there. The A1, A1. inside, really cool. They've got some colourful touches to match the bodywork on the outside. Even little things like angular door handle 
pocket things with colour inside them. and That all dash, that, I think, is the nice. most exciting Audi dash I've ever seen. Yeah, it looks really nice. That's and there's a big a bit call, of, Mel. There's a bit of texture, but there's some <laughs> things to it that you can't escape, like cost-cutting. Because it's a cheap yeah. car, well, yeah. affordable car, yeah. uh, things like hard, scratchy plastics on the doors, but you get a nice, soft, padded dashboard, which is really... Yeah. I've always gone, I'd prefer hard on the dash, soft on the doors, because I'm more likely to... Actually come my, in contact with a door. Put my elbow yeah. on a door rather yeah. than on the dash. And this is a premium-branded product. Yeah. But, sorry to bring up Mazda again, but you've... I'm pretty sure yeah. in a Mazda 2, the mm. front and back door skins, or the door trims, are identical. I think they're hard in the back. In the 2? Yeah. Oh. But um, the same thing can be said for the A1 in the back. Mm. It gets even cheaper trims. And in the cars that we were testing, they didn't even get cup holders. So there's a few things that have been cut out, but it's got a bigger boot. Mm. It's bigger generally. Mm. It's uh, quite comfortable to drive. It's got reasonably good steering it isn't the most involving for that class of car yep. and i would say if you're looking at maybe a mini cooper because that's its most natural competitor yep. um, then a mini cooper is going to be more fun for you yep. uh, in almost every guise as well yep. um, but this has got decent levels of comfort and refinement apart from the fact that the tire noise is just a bit terrible. much oh on Australian roads, it's going to be deafening. Wow. A bit like the Q2 in that regard? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. shares a lot of its underpinnings. So with. does it have enough to it mm-hmm. to justify the extra dough? I mean, simplistically, yeah. it's underpinned by the same platform as the Polo. So, yeah. you know, do you buy a Polo or is this one worth the extra dough and it's more exciting and all that stuff? Well, we don't know pricing just yet. And yep. it's looking like it's going to be about $30,000 starting point up to about forty to forty-four. Yeah. For the top spec? Mm. Yep. So if the top spec, which is called the 40 TFSI and runs the same engine as a Polo GTI. And therefore Golf GTI. So let's say it's $10,000 more. Mm-hmm. Does it feel $10,000 better? Yeah, that's the I question. I wouldn't think you so. You wouldn't think so? Okay. Audi sells plenty of S3s compared yes. to the Golf R. Yeah. Um, and I, I know that it will appeal to a certain buyer. And that's sure. what happened with the previous A1. Yep. Um, but and Star Wars fans. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I I came away pretty impressed, but um, of the mindset that pricing and spec is going to be crucial yeah. for the Australian market right. model. But at the other end of the market yep. was, the, was the R8, yep. which uh, has been facelifted. It's, you know, obviously the guys there in Germany have gone, you know what? All right, not enough power, not fast enough. We need to make it more manic. We need to make it more fun to drive. So they put us on a Scarry racetrack and said, you've got a couple of laps, go and see what you can do. And it was it was an amazing experience because, you know, it's not often you get to get out on a racetrack and, and give it your all. Um, and this was, you know, they gave us two laps with a lead car to show us the way to drive the track, which was yep. good, and get us a bit of a feel for the track. Then it was out on your own for one lap at a time, three times in consecutive runs. Yep. Um, And then later in the day, they gave us a night run. In the R8? Yeah. So two laps (laughs) at night. There were floodlights around the track, but... Um, was this also, also a, a laser headlight thing? Like, we'll show you how good thing. the headlights well, are. Well, they had laser headlights, but it was, I mean, you couldn't really, it was on, my car was on auto high beam. And so they kept dimming and dipping because as soon as the auto high beam picks up that there's a light source, it'll dim it. 
Um, yep. So at points where you're traveling along at 160, 170 k's an hour, you hit a you hit a dark patch. You think now's when I need the light, and then it picks up that there's a light in the distance and Knocks goes, it out. "Oh no!" Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little bit hairy. All right. Adventure. Um, but it was good, yeah. Um, and I mean, it's an R eight, so yeah. it's got a big V ten engine, no turbos, so it sounds terrific. I like and... the way they've added a lot of visual drama to yeah. this one. Yeah, I thought the second gen when it first hit looked a bit like, oh, let's make a car that looks like the old R eight, mm. and it just wasn't. I, I think the exciting thing in the broader context is it's a bit like the the fish in the shrinking pond. You know, mm. it's still a big fish, but this pond is shrinking. Yeah. It's got a massive, naturally aspirated engine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all of those things that um, sports car enthusiasts loves, turbos are becoming the yep. thing. Uh, enjoy it while it lasts. You know, it seems to be the last man standing. expected yeah. the... Uh, the facelifted second gen to score the twin turbo V8, didn't we? Yeah, but where is that? They there was no talk of it. Um, wow. I don't think there's any plans for it at this stage. My mind went to: Is this the last R8 we're going to see? Yeah, it could um, be. Will there ever be another R8? If you can't put a V10 engine in it and it can't be, you know, the real performance hero, yeah. maybe the next R8 becomes an E8 or something and like that. And we all get pretty excited about things like RS6s and RS4s. Mm. Well, know, when you, you think about the... Halo, mm. They're doing a good job on their own. Yeah. RS5 went from an Atmo V8 to a twin-turbo V6, yep. but yep. no no talk of that with this car. No. V10 um, down to a... T- like, as Mal says, I'm no other I'm fairly sure they've, they've ruled out that there's going to be a twin-turbo 6 in this version six, of the car. So... Right. It, it's sort of, I mean, great, great car. Um, mm. You know, would you have it over a Lamborghini Huracan or, you know, any of the other big name um, supercar slash... Yep, the, uh, mid, you know, entry mid-engine car. specials. I don't know. Plenty from McLaren. Oh, like, I think the thing that Audi has, the R8, the name, the Le Mans racing car, yep. they did so much, uh, you know, had such fabulous success <laughs> already at, at Le Mans and all that. But, yeah, so maybe in line with, okay, we're fading out of the, the well, we've cut ourselves out of the sports car racing. Mm. Um, this is the R8. Maybe it's a swan song. Could yeah. be, but yeah. it's a pretty good swan song. Okay. Now, right. other cars that have been in the shed, as we always say, we are in the shed and just the other side of that wall, some cars, and yeah. Mal, a special one. You won't mistake you as um, M from uh, you know uh, MI6 uh, because I, I think that's Judy the car of Judy and choice. I yeah. Lots of what have you been in? Traits. Um, I... I had the good fortune of uh, experiencing the Jaguar XJR575 over this past yeah. weekend, and it's right at the top of the Jaguar tree. It's the fastest XJR, um, 0 to 100. I don't think I have an official claim, but it's it's a tick over four seconds. Yeah. Uh, all sent through the rear wheels, mm-hmm. which the other the Germans aren't really doing anymore. Yeah, True. it's, it's uh, become more and more common that you go all-wheel drive when you've got that much grunt. And so much accessible grunt. It's yeah. there, straight off idle. So. Right. Supercharged, so no turbo lags. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, anyway, so fast, so easy to make to go yeah. fast and access its uh, you know, power and And torque. a very low-key, subtle shade of blue at the same time. It's a beautiful really blue. just blends into the car park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how well the blue works on a... a the full-size saloon. Big looks car. really good on the F-Pace and other yep. Jags. Um, it does feel very old, and it is mm. an old car, the XJ. Mm-hmm. They, I think we first saw it in 2009, which is... Wow. Yeah, that's ancient. You know, even yep. the Hilux gets replaced sooner than that. Yeah. Um, you know, particularly next to the uh, the current S-Class 
A8 and 7 Series. Yes. Mm. It's an old car. They've all been renewed recently. Um, but it doesn't look old. It still stands out. It looks nothing like anything but an XJ. Yeah. Uh, and looks particularly fetching as an XJR. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jaguar better watch itself because otherwise they fall into that old syndrome of hanging with a design too long yeah. and you yeah. get your traditionalists and yeah. then you find it hard to win people over from other brands. They've got yeah. to reinvent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it like they made a really strong statement with, with this car when they revealed it. And Good. I still don't think it's beautiful from a uh, rear three-quarter view, no. but it's it stood the, st- stood the test of time. Yeah. I've always been confused by cars like the XJR575 because it's like they've gone, hey, you know what limo drivers want to do? Go to a racetrack. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't make sense. Like the S63. Like, yeah. Mm. Do you need... I mean, obviously, people who have... Three hundred fifty or five hundred thousand yeah. dollars to spend on a car that they may not actually drive themselves. Yeah, I can understand why they might want the most power and torque yeah, and the biggest number on the boot. Yeah, S sixty three is all about the left lane on the yeah. autobahn. Yeah, you know, that is that is a big club to just yeah. smash people out of the way um, <laughs> on the autobahn. No doubt about it. And mm. you're making a decision: do I take a flight or do I jump in my car yeah. and go fast yeah. and spend the money on fuel rather than a, a plane ticket? And yeah. that kind of makes sense. Wasting time at the airport. But, but for your, your high-powered, you know, colourful racing identity in Germany who's bought the big AMG, Jag isn't probably in the same consideration. Set. No, I wouldn't uh, think so. XJ's just not quite the same. So, I, yeah, I was very uncertain of, uh, of it, you know, what society would make of such a car. So yeah. I took it to my local Cars and Coffee. Yeah. Uh, Mountains Cars and Coffee. Give it a go if you're in the area. Uh, and the crowd seemed to really enjoy it. Yeah, right. I thought, you know, you'd think mountain folk would probably turn their nose up at it and think, oh, God, you know. A lot of palms like in the it. mountains. Okay. Ah, uh, fair enough. Right. Fair enough. Mm. But they, yeah, people just like Jaguar. And yeah. uh, anyway, who are we to talk? Matt, the uh, the wheels that you have been riding on oh, this week. I've been in a few. Yep. Um, so I was in the Ford Ranger Wild Track with the two-liter engine, but we won't talk about that because we've <laughs> talked about Utes a lot, a lot, particularly the two-liter Wild Track. Yeah. So we also uh, had the Holden Arcadia LTZ. Now, this is I got in touch with the people, as you might Ooh. say. I went and got a coffee from a coffee shop in Lewisham the other day, and I got talking to the owner there, and he was going, "What is that?" Yeah. Holden, Holden, what is that? Arcadia. I've never heard of that before in my life. Just for people outside Sydney, Lewisham, inner western city inner western type Sydney, suburb. Yep. Yep. Next yep. to the train station, sort of hipstery vibe. Yep. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was like, yeah, not many people have heard of it. Uh, I said, have you heard of the Captiva? And he goes, oh, yeah, of course. And then I said, oh, well, this is like kind of the replacement. It's big, seven seats. And I... I got him in the car, showed him the back seat, showed him the boot, and he was amazed at how big this car is. And it's yeah. because it is huge. Yeah. It's an American so, large SUV. Yeah. You got him in the car, in the boot, taped up the mouth, yeah. got his hands, yeah. zip-tied his hands <laughs> behind now, his back. Is this a black him, Acadia with chrome? <laughs> I said to him, if I move close, you give me coffee for life, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. but no, oh, sorry, so, he was the coffee shop owner. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, so um, it, was, it was good to get, you know, someone else's opinion. He drives a seven-seat Nissan Cube. So they make a seven seat seven seat cube. Nissan yeah. Cube. Yeah, are you serious? Wow. Yeah, that was a thing. That's a shut the front That's door. A lot of seats in a cube. Yeah, there's really? two versions of cube. There's the short and the long, and the long has wouldn't fold the, down rear seats. Wouldn't that be a rectangular prison <laughs> or a 
shoebox. <laughs> a shoebox. Uh, potentially. That's the way. Um, like so it. anyway, it does. It shows that you don't have to have a mega large car to fit seven seats in. And I think yep. that's what I took away from my time with the Arcadia. It's a big, big truck. Mm, mm. And not as long as a 6 nine, no, I No, it's not, but it feels wide on the road. Yeah. And although it is boxy and maybe easier to see out of than some of those swoopier-looking seven-seaters, um, I wasn't too enamoured with the whole experience wow. generally. Mm. Uh, like Richard said in his video, you should definitely watch it and see how silly he is in that one. Um, it was... Uh, you won't be surprised. Yeah. Um, there's there's bits of it that I appreciated, but I sort of came out of it thinking that maybe there are better seven-seat SUVs out there, sure, a yeah. la the Santa Fe. It's which a mighty a while, competitive so. uh, segment these days. Yeah. yeah. You know, CX-9. Santa Fe's the, the newest aside from Acadia. Yeah. Um, yeah, mighty competitive. What have you been driving, James? Uh, Golf R, which is such a proven product, um, well-known, so enjoyable. A couple of things. The example we've got I've found to be uh, disturbingly shunty when you're huh. coming to up to rest, uh, particularly in sport mode, trying to grease it into a stop, be very gentle with the brake, and right. just before you reach a resting position, it'll take a little hop. Huh. And it does it pretty consistently. Okay. Mm, okay, that's not nice. So it may be an issue with, with that car. our car. Yep. Uh, and the other thing was um, uh, my significant other in the front seat uh, last night did comment that the ride was pretty jarring. So, okay. you know, okay. if you're going for an R, you need to know what you're signing on for. Is it the special edition? Is yeah, it the special is. edition? Yeah, yeah, I think it right. is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, look, I don't know whether that has any impact. All I noticed was that it was just a bit kind of Because okay. we all live with the, the R wagon. Yeah, uh, which was long ago. Oh. Perfecto. Yeah. Love that car. Yeah. I think we just did a... Invisible high five again. <laughs> but, uh, mm, interesting. Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, lots of fun. All the attributes that you do enjoy about an R. Yep. Um, that gearbox, aside from that issue I just raised, it changes so nicely yeah, and yeah. steers beautifully. It's How's the really sound with the uh, Krapovich exhaust? Yeah, it's there, nice and blurty and makes all those noises that pop, you'd pop, like. Pop. Yeah, on yeah. the up changes if you're having a bit of a go and some farts and pops on the way back down. <laughs> yeah, it's good. That adds yeah. a lot. And look, I don't know whether it's specifically the Akrapovich exhaust or just having a sporty exhaust that the normal R has, but yeah, yeah that, that adds to it as well. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Okay. It's good. All right. Now, we are in time to have a look at Muskwatch. So, what's he up to? According to the Washington Post, uh, NASA will conduct an investigation into SpaceX next year because Elon smoked a joint on the Joe Rogan Experience uh, podcast right. um, in September. We reported on that at the time. Yep. So, SpaceX is under contract to fly NASA astronauts. So, actually, fair enough. What they're saying is, NASA administrator, I'll quote him, Jim Bridenstine said, Culture and leadership start at the top. Anything that would result in some questioning the culture of safety, we need to fix immediately. So NASA people have looked at Elon, head of SpaceX, on a podcast, smoking a joint, talking about, and drinking whiskey at the same, same time, I think, which of course is, you know, perfectly legal. But I think the periphery of this is weird tweets. Guy's been a bit of a lunatic over the last six months. We need to investigate SpaceX before we strap astronauts in the top. And NASA's still government-funded, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's And they can't afford to take any safety risks. Exactly. Uh, I don't know whether they're part of Space Force 
Um, <laughs> but they, yeah, they are a, a government entity, utility, call it what you will. Um, and look, on that subject, yeah. the dear leader has finally said it this week on Twitter. He's, quote, signing off for a while. End quote. Oh, what are we Which, going to talk about next week? And that actually attracted 11,500 likes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we do a tracker? I, I wasn't one of them. <laughs> but maybe new Tesla chair Robin Denholm is already making her mark. You know, right. uh, That's where my mind went, that yeah. he's publicly saying, I'm signing off for a while. Whether that means five minutes yeah. or for the foreseeable future, yeah. we'll see. But that was only in the last couple of couple of days. Okay. So we'll see whether he... Stand by for our You know, he comes back, he's just looking at the phone like... Oh, he loves oh, silence. Yeah. He'll start shaking and, yeah. Um, that Trump watch or something. So the Bloomberg Model 3 production tracker uh, for this week, we're at 4508. That's up a whole 36 units on last week. And it's the 13th week under 5,000. 13th wow. week in a row just under 5,000. 36 cars out of the tent in one week. Um, uh, no, no, no. So that's uh, up. 36. Oh, sorry. Up. Okay. So 4,508. You should journalist. Mal, if I was right. your teacher, it'd be Malcolm. Um, <laughs> sorry, James. But, <laughs> Mr. Cleary. Mr. Cleary. Yeah. So with that, I think we have reached the finish line. Thank you, Mal. Thank you, James. Thank you, Matt. Thank you. And thanks to our producer, Georgia. Georgia, what is it with you and chaos? And thanks to you for listening. Um, if you like what you've heard, let us know, and we'll do more of it. Um, if you hate what you've heard, before you unsubscribe, please give us an exit interview style download so we can improve. It's only fair. Um, search for Cars Guide on Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag CG Podcast or email us at comments at carsguide.com.au. You can listen to and watch us on YouTube. And if you're an iTunes devotee, please rate and review us. I hope you can join us next time. Until then, if you're starting to think life is passing you by, just downshift and get on the gas.